Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Product Marketing Experts Season 2. I am so excited to have you with us. And today, I have an incredible guest, Francis Larkin, the VP of Marketing at Clockwise. Francis is a veteran product marketer. And stick with us this episode because we cover so many amazing topics. The evolution of product marketing and what it looks like at a Series A company, a Series B, and beyond. We talk about product marketing careers and how to not only grow yours, but transition from product marketing to taking over an entire marketing team and a whole lot more. This is an episode you're not going to want to miss. Shout out to our sponsor, Clue. Clue is the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers that want to drive revenue for their business. It helps product marketers to easily collect, curate, and distribute insights that enable your revenue teams to beat their competition. All right, welcome everyone to the Product Marketing Experts Podcast. I am so excited for this episode today. I am joined by none other than Francis Larkin, VP of Marketing at Clockwise and veteran product marketer at a number of amazing companies that I hope you all have heard of, such as Airtable and Pinterest, Facebook, and most recently, Envision. So today we're going to talk to Francis about a lot of things, how you evolve in your product marketing career as your company evolves, how that changes your product marketing career. And we've seen this trend of a lot of product marketers hopping from the function of product marketing into overall marketing leadership. And so we're going to talk through a lot of these trends and a whole lot more in this episode today. So I'm so excited for Francis to join me. So welcome to the podcast, Francis. And I'm so excited you were here. Hey, Jeff. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, talk to me a little bit about, you've held a bunch of product marketing roles, right? And I truly admire, as I was looking through all the roles that you've held, I was like, wow, these companies are incredible. So I truly admire like all of those companies. Tell me a little bit about how you got into product marketing and what kind of inspired, what drove you to get into product marketing? Yeah. So I'm one of those unique people, I think, who for a long time, I've always known that I was kind of marketing was my calling. But after school, I graduated in the early days of the dot-com explosion. And I was feeling really drawn to technology. And so I had a chance to join a startup and the role that they were hiring for was product manager. And so my first job out of school, for the most part, was product manager at a startup. And I did that for four years. I really loved it. But I had this really interesting exchange with the team at Facebook. So I was pitching Facebook at the time to build some special APIs for something that I needed to do. And they pulled this jujitsu move on me, which was, hey, you know, we're not going to build those APIs, but we would love for you to come over here and help other people see our platform in the way that you see it. And we have this product marketing role that where you would do that. And so this was probably sort of in 2009, 2010. So this was the first time I'd really ever come across product marketing. And to be honest, I didn't really understand what it was to start. But the more I got into it, the more I fell in love with it. In a lot of ways, it was the things that I loved about being a product manager at a startup without some of the things that I really found challenging. <laughs> so I loved talking to customers. I loved understanding the market dynamics and the problem, the competitive space. But I really didn't love writing long, detailed PRDs or triaging bug backlogs or sometimes trying to motivate engineers who have other priorities. I found those a little bit draining. And so when I stumbled across product marketing, it felt like confluence of all the things that I was looking for. And that's the reason that I've been in product marketing for quite a long time. 
That's incredible. I think you and I have fairly similar stories, although I don't quite have Facebook in my story. So I'm a little jealous there. But that being said, I love the similarities there. And I love the fact that you truly fell in love with everything that product marketers do. And so, you know, based off some of your early experience in a smaller company and being a product manager there, and it sounds like you maybe crossed over, did a little bit of even product marketing there as well. But can you talk to me, talk to us a little bit about what should product marketing look like at an early stage company? To your point, it's not very well defined, usually at least in a really early stage company. So talk to us a little bit about what that should look like. Yeah. And you know, I, I think a lot of this has changed over the past 10 years or so where you know, when I was making the, the jump to Facebook, it felt really nebulous. And nowadays there's so many great resources for people like our listeners to understand product marketing broadly. I do think that there are a lot of distinctions around product marketing at different company sizes that maybe aren't quite as well known. So just as a framework for how we can talk about this, maybe we think about three main categories of companies we could think about. There's a seed or early stage company. You know, that's probably where you just have a couple marketers, if you're lucky. Maybe that's a seed to series A, maybe B Then you have a mid-stage company and that's maybe a series C to D, maybe even a little bit larger than that. And then you have a late stage and public company. And I see the role of product marketing in all three of these stages to be pretty different. And so I think it's really important for leaders and for individuals to wrap their heads around maybe what they're signing up for when you're jumping into a product marketing role at these different sizes. To your, your question, Jeff, on the early stage front, you know, this is really a time in a lot of ways, you could almost just remove the word product from the title or it's broad marketing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the role of marketing and definitely product marketing in this stage is to find product market fit and start to try and find distribution channels that are going to help you reach your target customers in some sort of sustainable manner. And the profile of people who I found to be really great at that is typically looking for the most part for a marketing generalist. So someone who's really, really bright and can grow alongside the organization, but can also from one day to the next feel really excited about jumping from something like paid channels to SEO, to starting to think about customer personas, to working with a a handful of salespeople in, in the very first sales team there. Right. So obviously for people who are kind of in mid-stage or later stage companies, there are discrete specialized functions that that do a lot of that. So uh, I think there's a lot there to think about for people who are considering joining an earlier stage company. That makes a ton of sense. And have you noticed from your own experience and background and skill set, you know, any similarities, any traits of folks that love doing that? Or does it really just come back to the folks that really can find joy, I guess, in hopping between those different functions or different skills on a day in and day out basis? Yeah, I think it takes a little bit of a special breed to be interested in joining a company that early. So a lot of times early stage companies can be somewhat chaotic. And so it's, we need to find people that are really okay with embracing some of that chaos and, and can be flexible. But at the same time, you're looking for people, you know, I, I think it's also a really fulfilling career for people who are interested in applying and learning a broad skill set of different marketing disciplines and people who want to see the direct impact of their actions, right? I did X, we have Y new, new people using the app today can be really special for the right person. I would contrast that with someone who might be looking for product marketing roles at a late stage company, you know, where where all of a sudden you are doing very advanced techniques, but you are much more specialized in your discipline. So it's people who want to go much deeper on kind of product marketing fundamentals, things like maybe you're running an advanced customer segmentation, you're doing some really sophisticated things with pricing and forecasting. You know, it really is two very different skills, even though on paper, the job title might seem very much the same. 
Yeah, exactly. I had a friend send me an email just this morning, actually, and he's kind of evaluating the same choice that we're talking about, whether he should head towards an earlier stage company and be kind of a founding marketer, so to speak, there, or whether he should potentially join a light leader stage company. It's not quite public yet, but certainly on the trajectory towards going public and whether he should be kind of a product marketer there. And I was giving him fairly similar advice. And I think your words really ring true there. Do you feel comfortable jumping between multiple kind of skills and functions, so to speak, day in and day out versus deepening your specific skill set within product marketing? I think there's also uh, a social dimension. So a lot of times at Envision, you know, a lot of great candidates that we would come across were really interested in finding a community of product marketers. Anyone who lis- who's listening to this podcast is probably in that bucket. But, you know, if you're at a point in your career where you're really trying to hone specialized skills and learn from other people who are really great at their disciplines, it does feel like maybe a mid-stage or a late-stage company might be a better fit for you. But if you're at a point where you're trying to go broad and wide and see your fingerprints all over the work, then it does feel like an earlier stage could be a great fit. I agree. So you talked about the three stages, this early stage that is a little chaotic, right? It's fun. I've been a part of it myself. It can be a lot of fun because you're just moving fast. You're hopefully not breaking things, but in all reality, you probably are a little bit and you're just operating at light speed, so to speak. And what about the two latter stages? Maybe we take those piece by piece, but what does product marketing start to look like as the company grows? And maybe a, a secondary question there is what do you and your responsibilities, how should those change or how should you look to evolve as your company grows as well? Yeah. Love the question, Jeff. So when I think about, so maybe let's click forward to this mid-stage company again, maybe mentally let's put this in a, like a series late B, C, D category. So the way that I would think about this is, so this is a company that has essentially, they've clearly found product market fit. And at this point, you've hopefully found distribution channels are going to be effective for you in growing. And this is really about scaling. So how do we scale the go-to-market effort to get more and more people using kind of the core product or core solution that we've built? You know, the way that I think about like the profile of person that this is a really good fit for, both from a hiring manager and from an IC perspective is that I would say you're generally looking for people with experience with that space or maybe in marketing to that core audience. An example of what this might feel like on a day-to-day basis basis is I remember at Pinterest, there was a point where we were going through scaling and and we were early in the monetization journey. So just for the listeners, so I joined Pinterest relatively early, kind of shortly after we had set up an ads business and I led the monetization product marketing group. And there was a point in that journey where we needed to learn if Pinterest's ad platform was going to be specific to what we would call endemic categories. So verticals like food, home, and fashion, or whether we could deliver scalable results to advertisers who were in other verticals. So things like financial services and auto. So that was an open question for us for a long time. And we basically ran a number of programs to try and get to the bottom of that. And once we did, you can almost imagine someone at the NASCAR racetrack with a checkered flag saying, go, 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 go. Like that is the moment where we needed to step on the gas because there was a point in time where we quickly understood that, okay, this is a broad applicable ads platform and it works. It works consistently for companies, no matter the vertical. Okay. Now it's really a process of scaling. And so I would say that's in a nutshell, a lot of what these mid-stage companies are trying to do. And so product marketing needs to figure out how to support that. In our case, at Pinterest, you know, we were going through really dramatic growth. We needed to essentially double the size of the sales team in a year and also take people who were kind of used to selling in what was more of a 
display ads, like banner ads approach to a more sophisticated performance advertising mindset. And so a lot of the work there was how do we up-level the sales team and create a broad industry perception that Pinterest has advanced advertising solutions. But kind of to answer your question, I think that next stage is really how do we scale? And so a lot of product marketing and particularly at the leadership level, the work that goes in at that stage is you know, you're standing up a lot of frameworks and ways for the team to work. So how do we work with a brand team? Like all of a sudden we have a brand team. How do we brief <laughs> a brand team or an agency? How do we track all the launches now that we have multiple product teams? What's the right way to do kickoffs when we have a launch? Like starting to build some of those fundamentals so that you're in a really good place to grow over the next couple of years. Everyone's favorite process, right? Yep. <laughs> if you love process, that's a really great place to play. It is a fun place to play. In my own past, as we were talking about just before we started recording a little bit here, you know, I was at HubSpot and back when I joined pre-IPO, there was some process, but not a ton. And I had to quickly scale as the, the company scaled. And it's really an exciting time to be at a company, you know, whether that comes right before IPO or potentially earlier stage or, or whatever size company you're at. But it's really an exciting time to be at a company, whether you love process or not. Uh, it's a fun journey to be on, a fun ride to be on as a product marketer. Agreed. Yeah, you're doing a lot of firsts, but you're doing them at scale, kind of at a scale that's pretty interesting for a lot of people. Yeah, completely agree. And I mean, speaking of that, as we transition one notch further into that company that has maybe now gone public or is about to go public, it does seem to me that product marketing makes yet another transition, right? They've found product market fit. And now it's about scaling maybe that process a little bit. I don't want to steal your words, but but would love to, to hear from your perspective. And you've, I imagine, recently you've done this at Envision. Can you talk to us a little bit about what does that next phase look like for not only the broader team and company, but for the individual as well? Yeah. So that last stage, this late stage in public companies, in my mind, the primary responsibility of product marketing and maybe even kind of the broader team is to figure out how do we go deeper and how do we expand into new markets? And so I'll give you some examples of that. So at Envision today, we've been known for our platform, which serves designers. And where we're expanding is we're moving into a platform that really serves the whole product team. So inclusive of designers, but also product managers, engineers, marketers, everyone who's involved in kind of the sausage making that goes into building digital products. At Pinterest, an example of expanding into new markets was we had done a lot of really interesting things on the kind of traditional display front and we needed to, we wanted to push into search and into video advertising, because those are both billion dollar markets that we felt like we had an opportunity to play in. And an example of going, kind of expanding into new markets at Facebook might look something like what we were doing in 2013, which was pushing into public content. So how do we engage public figures? So for example, the Mariah Carey's of the world, you know, just like how you at HubSpot might've thought about, okay, how do I, we're, maybe we're going into the CRM space at Facebook, we had to think through, okay, how do we engage public figures in a way that's scalable? What are their pain points? So kind of a lot of the product marketing fundamentals. So at that late stage, almost every company is trying to figure out, okay, we need to go deeper in our current audience so that we can deliver more value, kind of fend off some, perhaps some of the competitive threats, or maybe kind of extract more value from our interactions with our core audience. Then also how do we grow? Where does the growth come from? Is that new international markets? Is it verticals or kind of maybe new use cases altogether? And then kind of what product marketing looks like in that world, we kind of touched on but I think we start seeing really a lot of specialization 
So that's because you're going into uncharted territory, you know, there's probably a lot of research and segmentation taking place. And, you know, you have really specialized needs around market intelligence for X, Y, and Z vertical, or kind of pricing and forecasting for this specific use case, or this international market. How do we market to people in, in this other language? So there's a lot of really fun wrinkles at that late stage, but they do become a little bit more specialized and focused. And so for the leader, it's a little bit of a challenge where you're kind of starting to think more about trade-offs between multiple groups and trying to prioritize between those. For sure. And I think some of those trade-offs naturally happen, right? As a product marketer who is getting pulled in a million different directions by maybe the business, by marketing leadership, by product leadership, by others, there's a lot of different directions you can go. I think one of the responsibilities that typically falls to a lot of product marketers, a lot of the colleagues, my colleagues that I talk to, my peers, maybe I should say that I talk to who are running product marketing teams, talk to me a lot about competitive intelligence and how that's kind of a key function of their team. And and yet it's a little bit of an ancillary responsibility. Curious, yeah. you know, as you've grown product marketing teams and faced some of this specialization, how have you handled some of that distribution, I guess, of work and pulling your team and yourself even in multiple directions? Yeah. I mean, specific to the market intelligence, I think what you're describing is spot on. I literally had a conversation with someone yesterday where they were describing their work and yeah, candidly mentioned that market intelligence, competitive intelligence is always that thing that's on the to-do list that takes a lot of time and sometimes we don't get to. Right. And, and so depending on, I think the way that I've thought about that is really depending on kind of where you are in the market, it may make sense to have a dedicated person that thinks about market intelligence and competitive. You know, what's really special about having a dedicated person in that role is that they can go off and conduct or find a great research group that can conduct win-loss reports. They can go field, first-party quantitative research, they can go so much deeper than any PMM where this is, call it 15 or 20% of your role. So I think in hyper-competitive spaces, in technology areas where maybe you're winning or losing as a full stack platform, I think it makes a ton of sense to have a market intelligence person where customers can adopt your platform or your offerings piecemeal. That could be a world where it would make more sense for it to continue to live with individual PMMs. I agree. Yeah. If you sell into multiple industries or verticals with different products, then that would be difficult for one person to probably cover all of that. So I agree. Awesome. Well, you've given us a really awesome landscape of how product marketing differs and grows throughout the company lifecycle, which has been incredible. But I think to transition just a little bit, there's been like one pivot here that we talked a little bit about at the intro to this podcast, which is we've seen a lot of product marketers recently make the jump from product marketing leadership to overall marketing leadership. We've seen this with notable figures such as Jaws at Apple, who was the head of product marketing there. And now I believe his title is SVP of Worldwide Marketing Apple. You've recently made the same change from kind of leading product marketing to now leading overall marketing. And so talk to me a little bit about why you decided to make this leap. What was the reason or the driving factor in your decision to make this leap? Yeah. For me personally, it was less about the product marketing function, it was, it was more about the mission of the company. So I'm joining Clockwise. And for people who might not be familiar, Clockwise is a calendar intelligence platform, and it helps you make time for what matters. 
So essentially it optimizes your calendar and moves meetings to give you large blocks of uninterrupted focus time. And so that to me is a universal problem. And I think time allocation is this unsolved pain point for both teams and individuals and done right. I think it's going to have really massive implications for individuals, happiness and team productivity. So I've been using Clockwise for quite some time at Envision. We have about a hundred people who are using it. It's a product led growth motion. So it kind of spread like wildfire inside of Envision. So I'm really bullish on that space in the company. For me, it's also a great chance to spread my wings and apply broader marketing to the category and a space that I'm excited about. You know, I think kind of on the career point, it does seem like if we rewind maybe five or 10 years, product marketing had a, like an indirect career path where, you know, I would say I saw a number of people on my team move into product management. Other people continued to progress in their careers in product marketing. Some people kind of go into other marketing disciplines, but for the most part, it felt like there wasn't a straight line career path in a lot of ways because the discipline was still being defined. At this point in time, it does feel like there's some general norms, exactly what you're describing with Jaws at Apple. So progressing in your career to product marketing leadership function or eventually taking over kind of an entire marketing department. It feels to me like product marketers are really well equipped for the big job to lead marketing teams because in a lot of ways, you're this strategic driver that's interacting with all of these teams on a regular basis. So you're not flooding email campaigns or developing the creative, but you're kind of working with those teams to understand their challenges and try and find a good solution to what you're trying to do as well. So, you know, I don't know if every product marketer is perfectly suited to lead the broad marketing function, but it does feel like a lot of the skill sets that PMMs pick up a along the way uh, are going to serve them really well in leading in leading marketing teams. Yeah, totally agree. And, and everyone has different aspirations and, and that's okay. But I agree really over the past, I would even say five years or maybe slightly less than that, maybe it's more like four, the path has become a lot clearer. And I think it's become a bit easier with more folks making this move now from a product marketing leadership role into a broader marketing leadership role or even a broader company leadership role even, right? Oh, I was just going to jump in, Jeff. I think even you know if you just think about some of the interactions that product marketing leaders have every day, Working with the sales team, sales leaders, working with product leaders, it does feel like it in a lot of ways puts you in a really good position to, gives you a seat at the table with the executive team. And so, you know, hopefully it's something that we see more and more of over the years to come. Really hope so. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's been the emergence of new executive functions around chief customer officer and things of that nature. And I really think it's a, a pretty amazing time for product marketers who are at the center of a lot of these conversations to be kind of stepping up and maybe not directly stepping into a role like chief customer officer, but being able to make a leap that will ultimately lead towards that. Yep. Agreed. Awesome. So I think a lot of product marketing leaders today are really thinking about making this leap and maybe they're not actively looking to make it over the next few months, let's just say, but I think they are more broadly sitting back or zooming out and thinking about their career path, thinking about what they want to do next and really truly evaluating how do they make that leap. And so when you started thinking about this mission at Clockwise and what it would take to get into a marketing leadership role, can you talk to me a little bit about what skills should other marketers out there or other product marketers out there who are listening to this be thinking about when they're really thinking about making that transition? 
Yeah. You know, I think that there's a couple of things that jump to mind, Jeff. The first is being kind of whether or not you have a broad background of wide variety of marketing experiences or whether you're T-shaped. So if we have folks who are listening who maybe have been doing product marketing for five or 10 or even more years, you know, like obviously that is your strength. And that's something that you're going to want to lean into when you're kind of in conversations about kind of a marketing leadership role. The other area that seems to be really interesting, particularly right now in the market, is finding people who have strong growth or demand generation backgrounds. So, you know, I work with a number of startup founders here and a couple of them, we've been talking about the pros and cons of finding your first marketing leader and whether that person should be T-shaped in growth or T-shaped in product marketing. And in a lot of ways, it feels like that's going to vary based on the product and how far along things are. Like If you feel like it's pretty early in terms of product market fit, understanding your customers, understanding how people are going to use it. Maybe it's a product that's very horizontal with a lot of different use cases that you need to define. That'd be a strong indication to me that that's probably a role where a product marketing leader could really do some excellent work versus a product that is maybe a little bit more product led growth, uh, very clear use case, or maybe really having some massive distribution challenges. That could be an experience where it's valuable to have someone in who's really thought about, okay, <laughs> how can we get people using this product for the very first time and kind of get that flywheel going, in which case maybe uh, a demand gen leader would, would make a lot of sense. For sure. I think regardless of your own background, it, it does feel like there's a lot of things that the people who are currently practicing product marketing, so all sorts of shapes of product marketing and leaders can do today that really set them up for success. And the, the two that jump to mind when you're talking through the question are really, can you hire strong leaders? Yeah. If you are T-shaped and you're in this lead job, you're going to need to find really strong number twos and number threes and number fours to execute other parts of marketing. And then the other problem that I think is maybe a little bit more of just a, a broad executive function is, can you quickly break down problems and kind of quickly resolve those, come up with approaches so that the team is unblocked and can continue running fast? But those are a couple of things that jumped to mind for me. How about for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you hit the nail on the head. And as product marketers, we're probably not running demand gen campaigns, right? But we see a lot of that function, especially as the company grows and there's some specialization. You can even kind of lean over your skis a little bit and see how you can influence the demand team and even get some experience, so to speak there, even though you may not officially be in a demand gen role, you can kind of get some experience. And I'm just using demand gen as an example, but you can certainly use that same example across different different facets of marketing as well. So I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think it does come down to leadership though. I think, you know, whereas let's just say 10 plus years ago, the core skill set to get into marketing leadership was that true foundation and demand gen and understanding how to generate leads and drive business. I would say the true core today is who are we selling to? It's about the people at the end of that, whether you're B2B, B2C, regardless of who you're selling to, it's about the fundamental people. And that starts really with product marketing, I think. Yeah, that's absolutely going to impact your media strategy and kind of where these people hang out, where you can go find them to build the demand gen machine. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. And I mean, we've been talking a lot about the teams within marketing and one team that we have briefly touched on, but not talked a lot about is brand. And from where I sit at least, and, and from what I've heard and talking to my peers across different companies, some of those companies certainly lean very heavily into product-led growth. Others do not. 
there's been this like seemingly tightening relationship between brand marketing and product marketing. And from at least where I sit, like I see those things really coming together more and more into the future. I'm curious what you think. I've certainly talked with a number of leaders who do fully believe that product and brand marketing will merge, but I'm curious what you think. I'm curious if you have an opinion on that. Yeah, I think it's a really acute observation. I've seen product marketing teams work really closely with brand teams in, in a few ways that, you know, of course they help them understand our customers and they help incorporate product into content or events or kind of brand messaging. But, you know, one of the really interesting things about technology companies is that one of your very best touch points for making a brand impression is in the product itself. And so whether that is something that brings you off to some kind of brand experience and kind of takes you out of the product or whether it's the really subtle in product messages and whether or not those are in the right tone and showing kind of maybe aspirational ideas that you're trying to get across as a brand leader. I would really not be surprised to see those two groups come together. And you know, there could be some really great benefits of that over time as well. So a lot of the, the great product marketers that I know are very, very analytical, kind of known for that. And you know, to stereotype a little bit, that may be helpful for brand teams that have struggled to measure some of the impact of their work. And at the same time, I think the brand teams can rub off on product marketers, you know, so that they're up-leveling maybe the quality of the work or kind of the specific messaging. It, it does feel like there's a lot of synergies there that I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of in the future. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see a little bit more collaboration and kind of a tightening relationship between those two teams as well. Yeah, and uh, at least a, a world where they don't feel like siloed parallel teams <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing work separately. You know, they really need to be connected at the hip in a lot of ways. 100% agree. So with that said, as we start to kind of wrap this up, what are some things that you as a product marketing leader, I'm, I'm always fascinated by what leaders within product marketing and frankly, overall marketing do on the day to day. Like, so I'm curious, you know, what trends or resources or things are you paying attention to that maybe you can share with the audience here or share with me here? Yeah. So I think my answer to your question is probably gonna be a little bit different. I'm in a brand new job here. So Clockwise is pretty early stage. So a lot of what I'm thinking about is really starting to understand our customers, their pain points. I want to see if we can do a better job articulating some of those in our marketing. It feels like there's a big opportunity there. But then the other big class of things that I'm thinking about is how do we set up the marketing foundation so that we are able to move really quickly as a small team and also so that we're well served, call it three or four years out in the future. It feels like in a lot of ways I'm starting from scratch. And so it's a wonderful opportunity to try and define what the marketing stack needs to look like and how we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And so I want to make really deliberate decisions on that to make sure that we're serving our future selves well. Totally makes sense. And I love that you're going back to some of the fundamentals. If it's fair to say that I, throughout my career, one of my earlier managers that I had in product marketing always told me that coming back to the fundamentals will serve me well in my career. And at the time I was just like, well, I really want to be just senior, you know, like I get it <laughs> that the fundamentals are important, but you know, there's this, all this cool stuff up there that I'm not able to do quite yet. And, you know, really i thankfully took that advice to heart and learned and, and have refocused on the fundamentals throughout my career. And it served me incredibly well. So it's awesome to hear that, that you're doing that too. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, let's go, let's go a little bit slow so that we can go fast in the futures. So I'm thinking about it. Exactly. Love that. Okay. So last question for you here, Francis, I'm personally a big reader and I think it's one of the best ways that we can learn throughout our careers. I think, you know, obviously we can learn through experience and doing things and, and that's how I personally best learn, but I feel like 
most product marketers, when we talk about books or reading, they reference the same three or four books. And listen, those three or four books that everyone mentions are phenomenal, but I'm curious if you have a book recommendation or maybe two that you've read recently that's had an impact on you. And it certainly can be one of those three or four that everyone references, but curious if you have anything that you can share with us. Yeah. So there's two that jumped to mind. I'd love to share with your audience. The first is a book that I read 10 years ago and I was in a conversation and I was referring to the book and the person was really interested. And so I looked it up and I realized I had purchased it 10 years ago and it's still top of mind for me in something that I do almost every single day. And the book is called Who? And it's by Jeff Smart and Randy Street. And it is essentially hiring manifesto. So it's how to hire A plus players. And um, as someone who really values that, both in terms of creating uh, opportunities for these people and also in, in terms of helping myself <laughs> get more leverage out of my day to day, I think about so who was written by some executive recruiters who had just really thought deeply about kind of what works and what doesn't work in the hiring process. So strongly encourage your listeners to check that out. And then the other book is maybe it's not work related, but it's one that made a pretty big impression on me recently. And it's a book called Doing Good Better. It's by William McCaskill. And he is one of the leaders in what's called the effective altruism movement. And uh, that's essentially a movement that's really thinking critically about how can we make a difference? Like what is the best, most leveraged way for us to make a difference in the world? Uh, whether that's donating time, donating money, becoming a vegetarian, uh, long list of things. That And so they're trying to apply an economic and kind of really measurable framework to how you can do the absolute most good. And so it's led me down a, a really interesting personal path and I would recommend doing good, better, strongly. Those are amazing recommendations. I haven't actually heard of who, and now I'm going to have to head over to Amazon or, or my local bookstore and find that. But, but those are amazing recommendations. I appreciate you joining us, Francis. Thank you so much for taking the time. I wish you and the whole team at Clockwise the best of luck. Any final words that you want to share with the team here as we close this out? No, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I am just so thrilled that resources like this exist for the product marketing community. You know, going back to my early days, it felt like a career choice that was off the beaten path. And thanks to a lot of the good work that you and our friends in the community do, it's, it feels less and less like that every single year. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And to everyone listening, stay tuned. We have some amazing guests coming up and thank you so much for being with us this episode. With Clue, you can build and deliver battle cards to help sales close more deals. Stay on top of your competitor's strategies and measure your competitive program's impacts to the bottom line. Don't just compete, compete to win.